0: All right, Joe. Podcast Sean warned me to give you a warning, I think because he was planning on listening to this episode with his youngest daughter, who's 17, and he hasn't told her about Santa Claus yet. So if you haven't had the Santa Claus discussion with your kids, you may want to listen to this episode without them. We're going to be talking about Christmas and gift giving and a bunch of things, including Santa Claus. Enjoy the episode. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: this is the Minimalist Private Podcast. We're here with Meg Norman. We're going to talk about minimalist gift giving today. We're going to answer a bunch of surprise questions, but first, Meg, we have this segment called More About Less, where we read an article somewhere online about the topic that we're, we're discussing, but it's really just a jump off point. I figured we use one of your articles from your website. Uh, this is called Seven Ways to D- Decorate for Christmas Like a Minimalist. And obviously, I'm not going to read the whole article. We'll put a link to this in the show notes for folks to check out. I just want to go through this list of seven. And um, I love this first one. So, here are the various ways people decorate like a minimalist. You have decorate like a minimalist in quotes here. Number one is my personal favorite (laughs) they don't. (laughs) minimalism <laughs> minimalism uh, minimalism. uh I, here's the thing I, I i actually do we we in fact we have a, a ritual where we we go get we'll cut down a christmas tree and um, put it up in the house mm. and and so there's minimal decoration we have ornaments but there's not a whole lot of ornamentation around the holiday we don't we don't really go overboard i was walking around playa vista the other day and actually we we were all there and i saw a bunch of like it was Halloween decorations and they were just everywhere I mean Mm -hmm. it was exorbitant right and to me it took away from what you were trying to do, what you were trying to communicate, and so the rest of this article is going to go sort of explore the middle ground between maximalist Christmas and they don't, right? Although uh, I decorate, yeah,
2: I, <laughs> I, I just know that some people will say, "Well, the most minimalist thing you can do is
1: is not." It. Yeah, <laughs> here's what I like about it: it is talk. an option. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah,
0: that's that's exactly it. We need to, because I think some of us don't even think, "Well, oh, that's an option." Like yeah. I remember, there was I
2: give you permission, right?
0: <laughs> right. The the, the, the writer uh, Rick Moody, I heard him doing an interview, and someone was like, "Why do you write?" You, know, and he's like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, "Well, you know, you write books for people. Like, why don't you? Why do you keep doing that? You could stop." And he's like, "Huh, I never thought about that. <laughs> I guess I will stop." <laughs> and I think That's the same the same thing is true with uh, decorations. Like, so so. We get, we have to figure out what's appropriate for us, right? And I think that's what you're trying to communicate here. Is it's seven different ways. Not here's the most right way. Here's the least right way. Here's what's the most right way for you. What's appropriate for you? Because we don't decorate for every holiday. I mean, Ryan celebrates Flag Day. He's <laughs> flags everywhere. 193 different flags. It's the only holiday I celebrate, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number two on your list here is they can they continue to decorate as they did with ornaments. They collected pre minimalism, but with more intentionality. Mm. Yes. I like this because it seems to me like what you're saying is like, hey. We're not shunning the past. Let's pull forward the things that are valuable
2: and bring joy. Yeah. That's, you know, that's what the Christmas decorations do. They right. just make us like giddy little kids. Yeah. There's nothing like that first time that you turn on the lights on the Christmas tree and you get that twinkle and now it's sunset and it gets dark and it's just magical. Yeah. Your whole room is transformed mm. and yeah. and that's what we love. The problem is when myself about 10 years ago uh, well, actually, it was it was a, my spouse had fifty.
1: <laughs> when in doubt, blame your spouse.
2: <laughs> a different one. Tweet that <laughs>
1: <different show>. podcast. <laughs> I'm so sorry. When in doubt, blame a spouse.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I often blame Ryan's wife for things. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> right? I'm sorry, Meg. Please.
2: Yeah. I, I entered in a into a marriage and inherited. Fifty plus antique nutcrackers. Oh wow. uh, I'm trying to remember the name. It was some. F- there's a fancy kind of nutcrackers from like Russia or something. What are mm. they called? I Can't remember now. But he was yeah. very proud of them. Mm. But they'd been in the attic his whole life. He'd never actually displayed them. And so <laughs> I championed them. And so I became the one obsessed with the fifty nutcrackers. Yeah. I'm so proud. I hide <laughs> it in the attic. <laughs> I <got it>. exactly. <laughs> so I. There was one for every step on the stairway, and I spent days with gardening wire. Tying them to the banisters, oh, wow. and there was too many for the steps. So then they went onto the mantel and on the side tables, on Woo. the coffee table. They were mm. everywhere. Wow. And so, and that was just the nutcrackers, not the rest of the decorations. Wow. I mean, yeah. it was overboard. So I'm no longer in that marriage. So I don't have the nutcrackers <laughs> anymore. Someone else's problem. <laughs> but I still had, I'm not exaggerating. At least 12 plus large plastic boxes of Mm -hmm. decorations, seven of which were in storage in my mother-in-law's barn Mm -hmm. because I didn't have space in my own house to store all of my Christmas decorations. Mm -hmm. So I finally, you know, now I go through this whole minimalism journey and I go back to visit my mother-in-law in Alabama and I feel incredibly guilty that oh. I'm taking up her square footage with my junk that yeah. I'm not even using yeah. at Christmas anymore because I can't fit it in my own house in Florida. Mm. So I threw them all away. There was only uh. two things out of seven large boxes. There were only two little white deer mm-hmm. that I wanted to keep. Mm. Nice. And I looked at that, and every single thing I'd been carrying around from state to state, house to house, apartment to apartment, all these years. Yeah. you know, And mm-hmm. finally let go and and now the things I have left I have three large plastic totes of decorations which to some people might be too many but for me this is you know number two on the blog is it's still the same stuff that I did enjoy that make me happy to put out but that was it out of 12 boxes there were only three that actually bring me joy during the holidays Yeah, so intentionality
0: I I I tend to avoid any sentimental items personally and that's why I I like talking uh, to people who are willing to you know and find value in carrying some of those sentimental items forward, uh, because with me, like I, I've I've just decided to eschew sentimentality with respect to material possessions, and uh, that that's a personal choice. I'm not I'm not prescribing that to anyone else. I'm I'm letting people know it is a choice. Just like they don't celebrate or they don't decorate is a choice, and I think that's the key here what we're trying to help illuminate for people is you have some choices here mm. and choice number three is uh they use only nature or supplement with nature mm. i like this a lot I mean, like i said when we go out and cut down a tree or use a live christmas tree that's something from nature there's a bunch of uh different places you can go to to get these now and uh, that brings a bit of nature into the house. Now, I have OCD, so the little pines everywhere drive me crazy, (laughs) right? But um, yeah, there's a lot you can do with with bringing nature indoors.
2: Exactly, Mm. that's why I have the citrus garland on the front of my book. I actually painted that with watercolors. Oh, nice, (laughs) it's beautiful. And now I've done that for the first time. It's incredibly easy. You just slice oranges and stick them in the oven at a really low temperature for like three hours. Mm. And then you just put some twine through it. That's awesome. And they look like stained glass when they're up on the window. Sounds
1: like it would smell really good too. It does. It's divine.
2: And so then you can add cranberries, you can add rosemary, you can add evergreen, any cinnamon sticks, you know, you can get all this stuff out of nature or from the grocery store. And then you're not storing it all year long in your precious square footage that you have to pay for and pay for their rent. Mm. And they go in the compost pile when you're done decorating. So I'm kind of a hybrid now between method number two and method number three where I have my things that I really like left and I got rid of all the the yucky cluttery things and heirloomy things I thought I had to hold on to Mm -hmm. and now I've got a little more nature infused instead of fake garlands I have real garlands that I made and I enjoyed making them with my kids. Yes
0: yeah well and I think that's part of the process you you talk about presence being a present but he doesn't. You don't wait till Christmas Day to spend time doing right. stuff with them. It's the entire holiday season, even leading up to that, um, where you're sharing these these experiences together. I'm going to skip a few here. We'll move on to number seven. Put a link to this entire article in the show notes. Number seven is they focus more on lighting and less on tchotchkes. Mm. I like this. It's a lot more elegant uh, to me to have, you know, uh, you, I, I think, the the essence of minimalism the bones are the beauty stripping back to the essence and I think lighting is is a key component if you're going to be decorating for the holidays having beautiful lighting goes so much farther than having a bunch of plastic widgets.
2: Exactly and in that example I have a picture of my window shears with just some white Uh, white lights that I strung behind it and Mm -hmm. so it diffuses the light and it's very beautiful so I I did that to almost every window in the house that's awesome (laughs) and then now I don't have as many things most of the boxes like I have a a box of the stuff I enjoy and then two more boxes of white lights I love
1: it yeah that's uh, Mariah and I's style like we literally have one string of lights and that is it it's like these blue (laughs) lights we put around the the banister yeah but I'll tell you though it's like well, for, I mean, that's what's appropriate for us, and we're, yeah. neither of us are really into the the decorating. Although, I w- if we have kids, I would love, you know, when they're old enough, like, to have the experience of getting the tree and decorating the Christmas tree because there is something about um, creating that experience for a kid. Uh, you know, I think it's a little sad as an adult. I can't enjoy it as much as how I used to enjoy it when I was a kid. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, we got that one thing, Christmas lights, and that's perfect. Let me ask you, with those three totes, is there like a – I don't know. Is that because I feel like that's a rule that people can make? Is like, okay, here x amount of totes. Like that's the limit for me. Is that kind of how you look at it? Exactly. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I live in 750 square feet in an old 60s place, so it's got those teeny tiny closets, Mm. and that has to be the storage for all of our stuff. A family of four for everything. Awesome. Yeah. And so I'm not willing to any longer have an entire closet just for. Christmas stuff, yeah. and then we have no room for our clothes, right? Or our art supplies, <laughs> or our camping gear. Well, just keep it in the storage know? locker
0: all year. <laughs> it, it
2: was such a huge shift for me with minimalism, realizing that your house is a container, yeah. and the closet is a container, and the mm-hmm. container is a container. <laughs> you know, and I was just you know mind blown when I you know realized this, yeah. and so you know, I was able to say, okay, this percentage of my one closet is going to be devoted to Christmas. And I'm not going to have Halloween stuff or Easter stuff. And this is going to be it for me.
0: Awesome. (laughs) Ryan, I love what you talked about with kids. And if you were to have kids and creating that experience for them, but then also not just creating it for them, but sharing that experience with them Mm -hmm. in a way, because if you were to go to chop down the tree yourself, it's not going to be as meaningful as if you go do it with your son or daughter, right, right, and and so everything that leads up to the the holiday decorations. If you just go to Walmart and buy some some lights and put them up, and the kid comes home, they'll experience those lights, and it might be better than nothing. It may not, mm-hmm. but um, if you're actually planning the entire thing together with your kids, allowing them to have some sort of input, I say some sort of input because. <laughs> um, it's not a democracy in my household. <laughs> There's
2: different seasons in life too. So for the past four years, I don't have my my dream Pinterest perfect Christmas tree uh-huh. because that would have glass icicles mm-hmm. everywhere. Uh-huh. I have a two year old and a four year old, so last year it was a one year old and a three year old, and so I have I kept just enough of the kind of cheap. Plasticky, they look glass, but they bounce if they <laughs> hit the ground. <laughs> and so that's what I gave my children to decorate with. Yeah. And they, you know, they all cluster towards the bottom or all to the left side. And that's fine. Mm. I don't correct them, I don't move it. Mm. I just let them have the experience of decorating the tree. Yeah. And I, I was also like a three or four foot tree. And once it was all done, I, you know, discreetly moved the things out mm. so they're spread out more and then put them up on a table so it's a little bit higher yeah. so i don't have to pick up christmas balls every three seconds yeah <laughs> but you know the i still put it on the ground and let them decorate it and figure mm. out how to work the little hook and mm. put the temptations christmas album on and had yeah. cookies out and made the experience the joy yeah. It's, yeah. it's not the stuff
0: we uh I, what i've learned is that with ella in particular but just kids and, and i think humans is we tend not to remember all the um, absorptive details of the experience. We remember how the experience makes us feel. Mm -hmm. And so when I have Ella put ornaments on the tree... When she goes to bed, I then come out and fix all of them so they don't look insane. <laughs> She's like,
1: hey, let's put seven
0: on this one branch.
1: I just, yeah, yeah, especially with you being OCD, I could just imagine like how much you just want to be like, she, what around. are you doing, Ella? <laughs> sometimes like, you're trying to drive me crazy, aren't you? <laughs> she makes her own bed in the
0: morning. And she is awful at it. <laughs> and so sometimes I'll sneak in and, and like remake her bed. Yeah. And she doesn't realize that like it's made perfectly when she gets really? in it at night she thinks she did it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like
1: folding uh,
0: the yeah. My little
2: ones want to oh. hold the laundry and it's just a blob I'm like, thank yeah. you so much for helping You're
0: mommy right. <laughs> she's doing she's doing dishes and it's just yeah. soap and water on the floor and <laughs> i feel like punishing her not thanking her <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> anyway we've talked a bit about what our christmases will look like personally mine is mm-hmm. is a, a, a uh Pretty stripped down it sounds like yours is too because you don't have so here's the thing if i didn't have any kids i would i would re- literally go option one yeah we don't right um but it doesn't mean that i wouldn't still experience the holiday season i i don't i don't want to put that out there in fact i love going out to the uh show of lights and and uh i i really enjoy the experiences shared with bex and and with ella as well but I don't need to consume those things in order to have the experience. There are some things where it feels appropriate for our current time in life to have a tree and put presents on a few presents under the tree, most of which are uh, experiential gifts that we wrap up for Ella. But um, it, it's I think if you come over to our house, it's gonna look like there's far fewer presents under the tree than most hou- houses, especially if you were to take away those experiential ones, there's gonna be one or two toys under there uh but that's that's about it most of the time, she's she's more excited about opening up the gift mm. than she is once the gift is there right yeah and that's actually the lesson i learned ryan taught me this early on uh but way before i ever had a kid um you you were dating someone who um i, I I think it was Friends of a Friend they uh, you wrote an essay about this on our website oh yeah uh, The Worst Christmas Ever yeah, yeah. can we yeah. talk about that yeah
1: sure I had uh, so I was dating uh, this girl and her family made a big deal of Christmas and it was great it was wonderful times her mom had like I don't know 300 Santas and it sounds very similar <laughs> to like the Nutcracker situation to, uh, living
0: Santas though oh,
1: <laughs> <Christians>. <laughs> but you know I will say like she did a really good job deliberately placing the Santas and it was, it was beautiful and she enjoyed like every, it wasn't a burden to her. It was a pleasure to like set up this beautiful, you know,
2: my mom is that way. Yeah. yeah. And it's, that's, and that's fine. Yeah, that's your joy. Exactly. You need Ex- more of that in the world. <laughs>
1: exactly. So it was, uh, <clears throat> it was Christmas. We were all sitting around opening, opening presents and like there was this final, uh, this final present for, my girlfriend's niece and nephew, which was they were gonna to go to Disneyland. So in order to uh, make this you know, unique, they didn't really have anything to unwrap per se. So they did this scavenger hunt where they were like, okay, start here. And like uh, then you find a clue and then they're getting all excited. They're running to the basement. They find another clue. I mean, they're just like all over the house. <laughs> and then Wonderful. eventually it was, it was, it was so cool. Like the excitement you wanted to have this as a kid. Yeah, exactly. Like the excitement, the excitement on their faces was just like it was. It was beautiful. It was. It was so sweet. And uh, they finally get to the prize. They they open up the closet door and it's got two suitcases packed and it has this note that says you're going to Disneyland. And the the niece she was like, Oh my God, we're going to Disneyland! And she's like jumping up and down. But so excited. So excited. The 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 nephew who was like maybe 5 or 6 um was definitely not older than 6. He like had this frown mm. materialize on his face and started like bawling his eyes out. And we were like what is going on right now? And like the you know the the niece just like was like, "Okay, I'm not going to like let that ruin my <laughs> my excitement." So she's like, "Grandma, we're going to Disneyland." <sighs> and so he's having a meltdown. Uh the nephew is uh, his dad picks him up, you know, like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Like, do you not want to go to Disneyland? And he was like, I thought the prize was going to be Optimus Prime. Aww. So, like, he had this <laughs> this vision of this, like, Optimus Prime transformer that he really, really wanted, that he asked his parents to get him. So, he thought that, which is funny how he thought that his sister, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this was the prize for him and his sister. I mean... Yeah. The kid's five years old yeah. though. So it's like, you know, it's, it's hard for, Not rationalizing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah, he, he, uh, he was bawling his eyes out because he expected to get Optimus Prime and it was just, you would have thought it was like the worst Christmas ever for this kid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a really interesting lesson because that was, that was a family that, you know, they did just put as many gifts as they could under the tree. And I feel like when you do that, well, now your kids start to get certain expectations, and then you're just kind of setting yourself up for your kid to not be happy with what they have. Yeah, yeah. Ryan, what's your Christmas gonna look like this year? Uh, Mariah and I really don't celebrate Christmas. I mean, I sometimes we get each other gifts. Yeah, so you maybe were, I'll give her. We usually go out of town. Like, so we're in Montana, or we're in Ohio. So, it, like, usually we're traveling at that time mm-hmm. to be with family. Um, but you know, Christmas is not something that we go out of our way to celebrate. And it's not for any other reason than we just, again, I find it, I, a piece of me wants to like, go out of my way mm-hmm. and try and like, drum up that nostalgia that I had with Christmas. Because as a kid, especially, I was raised Jehovah's Witness, so. Jehovah's Witnesses don't have Christmas. Yeah, they don't celebrate any holidays. So when my mom left my dad in like the second or third grade, um, she stopped being a Jehovah's Witness, so I would celebrate Christmas at my mom's house. And I remember that first Christmas in the third grade and getting the bike under, or second wow. grade, getting the bike underneath the tree. Um, I made my grandma like I traced something like it was like a panther or something, and I gave it to my grandma. I was like, "Hey, here's an ornament for the tree." She still has that and puts it up on her Christmas tree. And that when I see it, I'm like, "Oh man, like that's my for my first Christmas," and it's really sweet that my grandma still holds on to that. Um, but as an adult, I can't I can't get there. I think if we had kids I might be able to get there a little bit easier. Yeah. But as, you know, two adults who um we have a good time all year. Exactly. we, We're we the same way. Yeah. We don't
2: do any gifts, my husband and I. That's it, it's awesome. just kind of pointless to us. But you know, the focus goes on the kids, but yeah, not sure. too much on the kids yeah. anymore.
1: Yeah. I, <laughs> so if you didn't have kids, do you think you would still Decorate and stuff. I'm just curious. I would. Yeah. I
2: I just, that's part of the joy of Christmas for me is that decoration. Mm. But it just took me a while to understand where my simplification and intentionality Mm -hmm. came in. Mm -hmm. Uh, I talk about um, editing out traditions and decorations that don't serve you anymore. So, one of the things I realized was decorating the outside of the house. So, with my family growing up, This was a really fun thing. Mm. We did it with dad. My mom was super OCD about the um, icicle lights, and she had him Mm. put fish weights on the bottom of each one and then staple in between so that all the lights were straight. Yeah.
1: I love it. Extra, (laughs) extra.
2: It looked really cool. But anyway, it was this fun thing for us. And and it was a family thing and so here i am just so eager as a new parent to bring in all these same traditions that made me happy as a kid right and i had you know five boxes of outdoor lights and they're still so little Mm -hmm. and my husband is a little bit of a Scrooge. I mean, he's very minimalist. He, he just doesn't want to, he wouldn't decorate or do anything. If it was up to him. Um, That's awesome so, that he supports you, though. Yeah. <laughs> and you're decorating. He's number needs. one on your list. Yeah, he's they number don't. one. That's and um, But so anyway, all it ended up being, now I have these two tiny kids who really can't participate in the outside light situation mm. right now. Mm. So it was just me by myself on a step stool, precariously trying to, you know, get a nail in so I could get up there. And then my husband is also very frugal and very eco-conscious so he was last when was this two years ago appalled that i had christmas lights out there because that was going to just you know zap up electricity cost money um, waste a resource sure so i felt guilty every time i turned it on oh. i only turned it on three times in the entire month and every time i did i felt overwhelmed with guilt oh. and i wanted to like turn it off before he came home from work oh. you know and i was, and so and then it was so much work to put up that it took me till Valentine's Day to take it down because um, I was dreading yeah. the process. Sure. So that is an example of editing out traditions that don't serve your family. Yeah. So, so we can still put up a Christmas tree and enjoy those lights and enjoy those decorations. But that is not a tradition that's going to serve my family in this season. Yeah. may not be ever with my husband being the way that he is, and I respect that about him and and especially in regards to energy waste and things like that yeah, so i yeah. I got rid of all of the outdoor lights and gave them away on a buy nothing group wow. yeah. so um yeah, so I just think people should evaluate which yeah. which decor decorations or which traditions are zapping the joy yeah, because what, there was no joy in that, yeah in what's, any what's
1: adding value and what is. Uh, in fact, taking away value or like even causing stress. Yeah. Christmas
2: cards. A lot of families yeah. stress out about the whole photo shoot, and now you have to design the card, and then you got to print the card, and you got to write out the addresses and gather mm. the addresses. That's a stressful tradition that yeah. a lot of people could probably edit out. Yeah. Some some people love that. We I have don't.
0: Minimalist Christmas cards.
1: We had Dave. He photoshopped Santa hats on us. Oh, yeah, one of our pictures. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny? I like used to. I mean, it doesn't bother me so much anymore. But like, I if someone didn't send me a Christmas card and like I knew they sent other people Christmas cards I would be like, oh, why didn't I get a Christmas card? But then like I would get Christmas cards and I'd be like, what am I going to do with this card? Yeah, You'd be <laughs> like, oh, why did I get a Christmas card? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. now I get your discontent on right. both ends.
0: Yeah. <laughs> now I only got uh, Ella one gift this year. It's a bowling ball with JFM written on it. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> <laughs> if she
1: doesn't want it, I'll figure out something to do with it. Dude, the best Way I've seen uh, like Christmas decorations, it it was in it was in Piqua, Ohio, and this couple who I don't think have any kids, they made this like winter wonderland outside of their house. I mean, just like lights and these snowmen. I mean, it was just like it was crazy, like something out of a movie. And I was driving past one time. it was uh, me, my ex-girlfriend, and her daughter. And I was like, "I just love what these people did here. Like they got these like really uh, realistic like snowmen and like Nutcracker, and they were moving around. And her daughter was like, "Those are the people in the house. That's them. Like they're in those costumes." And I'm like, what? I'm like, no." and she was like yeah stop the car she was like they're really nice so we stopped the car she gets out she was uh, she had a friend with her they both get out they go up to the snowmen and they just like pull out all these candy bars what? and like give these kids candy bars they came back with like armfuls of candy and they're like waving but like they literally Every single night, like, leading up to Christmas, I don't know how many, like, <laughs> weeks leading up to it, but they oh get, they have, God. like, a time where they just, they have a spotlight on themselves dressed up as these Christmas characters, but they love it. Like, they are just totally into it. And they literally live
2: and breathe Christmas.
0: They live and breathe <laughs> Christmas. They're, they're either the most awesome
1: people or they're in jail right now. <laughs> <laughs> No, they were, yeah, as far as I know, like, they were really nice. It's, yeah, I, again... It is in Piqua, so I'm probably going with jail. I see how much they can get into the spirit of things again
2: appreciate that yeah one of my traditions and my frugal things to do is to just bike around or drive around or walk around these neighborhoods uh, you know especially subdivisions where just everyone's in the spirit and all the lights are up and decorations Mm. and the little kids just love that and that's something i loved so i mean i appreciate the people who do love that and they do find storage for that but it's just not right for my family right. in my journey yeah, yeah so yeah
0: <laughs> and i think that's the thing and and during this current chapter and if there is a time where it's appropriate then that's great too and and i think that's where we're going with all of this i know we, during the minimal we sort of talked briefly about avoiding shaming blaming or naming you know, name calling um and, and you know one thing that you you talked about with the lights that when you put them up you did feel a little bit shamed mm-hmm. um and, and, and maybe uh, felt initially a lack of, of support, but then you also realize like, oh, maybe this actually isn't in accordance with my values. Yeah, and, and I think it's, it's nice to be able to, to start questioning tradition. You know, there, there's this word that Ryan and I have talked about on the podcast before, contemporaneity, which just means that if something is new, it's better is one interpretation of that word. And and we often see that in, in, in different places. With technology, that's often true. But outside of technology, and even some technologies, it's not always true, right? Just because something is new, it doesn't mean it's necessarily better. I would also argue the same for tradition. Just because something is traditional doesn't mean that it's better Mm. either. It means it's been done for a while. (laughs) Now, there may be compelling reasons that it's been done for a while, and if that's the case, then carry those traditions forward. It totally makes sense to do that. However, we can always, as a family or even as an individual, start new traditions. And what you're doing is you can pull the best forward from your previous traditions and work with your family on creating new experiences that develop into new traditions over time.
2: Exactly. And develop is key. Let it happen organically and not force things. So I have another story I share in the book where we moved to St. Augustine Beach and they have a sailboat parade where all the sailboats are covered in lights and decorations. And there's Mm. one night where they go into the bay and they parade around in a big circle and you can get on the bridge. There's a big, beautiful uh, European looking bridge that you can stand on. And there's a big uh, fort, old Spanish fort that you can stand by and, and watch it. And it's very unique to this area. And it seemed like such a beautiful tradition. So I knew before we even moved there, I was like, this is going to be our family tradition. Yeah. Well, it turns out that my husband's company throws a holiday party every single year on the same day. Like, I guess it's like the second Saturday of December or something. Mm. Like, they always are the same thing. And I know, and I've been, so the first couple of years living there, I was just so frustrated that we had to dress up. It was stressful to get all dressed up for this holiday party. And then I had this tiny new baby strapped onto my chest right. and we're going in the freezing cold and it's oh. super windy on the bridge and I'm like forcing him to do this. And then he's just kind of like nervous because he has to go around his bosses and his boss's boss and the owner and all that. And I'm like, no, we are going to do the sailboat parade. This is going to be our family tradition. And he's like, yeah, but we're like 30 minutes already late for the party. I'm like, it doesn't matter. The sailboats are coming, you know? And so I Shut created- But the- look at the sailboats. <laughs> I so I mean, I, I eventually after two years, I did this for two years oh, in a row of yeah. trying to juggle both things mm. i realized i am doing a, a huge disservice to my family mm. like this is not how tradition should feel yeah mm. and so stressful. yeah mm. and so then we did the next two years of just going to the holiday party so a lot less stressful but we hate the holiday party mm. i hope nobody at his work listens to this <laughs> but, you know i mean it's just uh we do not like it yeah And um, I love parties, I love dinner parties, but just not this particular Uh, scene. Yeah. And then finally, in the last one that we went to, we realized that some of his uh, co-workers didn't show up. And he was like, wait, I don't have to do this? Uh, So that was a self-imposed... Thing as well so it's just
0: isn't that a great question that we should be asking more often like yeah. i think too often we we feel obligated tethered to obligation in mm-hmm. fact i think that's the first line of our first book minimalism is we are but dogs chained to obligation, uh, ch- uh, thrashing in the, in the colors of our own obligations mm-hmm. and um i think what's happening right now is we start when you see some things off then you realize like wait maybe just maybe i don't have to do this yeah
2: so now we can do the sailboat parade tradition <laughs> and it can be enjoyable. That's awesome. <laughs> and you oh. guys are going
0: to enjoy it or else. <laughs>
2: yeah, so <laughs> I'm going to just say like pivot. Feel free to pivot and then pivot yeah. again. Yes. If you need to. Like.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Well, shout out
0: to podcast Sean. He put together some surprise <laughs> questions for us today.
1: Meg, let's hop into some of these questions. We have a, a question from Chris. Is it unreasonable to simply wish everyone a merry christmas throughout the holiday season or should we stick to the more all-encompassing happy holidays to avoid offending anyone? He, okay, well me, you can't uh you can't avoid offending everyone these days like yeah. it's, well, you you can it <laughs> it, re- it requires not being alive. <laughs> be <sighs> sit in yeah. the by yourself. Yeah. I was going to say you could be a what do they call it, a hermit? Although I'd be offended if you killed yourself, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, I could be a hermit, and then other people would be like, I can't believe Ryan has removed himself from society. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. It, it, I, I mean, I don't know what... Um, Ryan and I have different uh, sort of faith traditions. We, we have uh, uh, different uh, spiritual beliefs. But um, w- this... To me, if you have someone who's offended by there, you'll certainly find people who are, get offended by the term "Merry Christmas." Mm-hmm, you'll mm-hmm. also find people who like the term "Merry Christmas" who are offended by the term "Happy Holidays." They feel like it is, you know, whitewashing the mm-hmm, the exactly. or uh, taking
1: Christ out of Christmas. Yeah,
0: yeah, you can't write Xmas. Like, mm-hmm. uh, so here's the thing: if you're one of these people, you are part of the No Fun Club. <laughs> yes and here's the thing i actually don't like fun but i do not join the no, no fun club right you're not a full-fledged member right i don't <laughs> care what you say to me you can to say happy hanukkah happy kwanzaa happy solstice yeah happy yeah happy, happy right yeah. Yeah. happy holidays merry christmas happy christmas happy new year it's happy salutation yes yeah and yeah, okay. and if you're looking for something to be offended by then I will have nothing to do with you. Right. Okay. So so is it unreasonable? No, of course not. You do whatever you're comfortable yes. with. And and whatever you whatever you feel compelled to do. Mm. If it's Happy Solstice, then great. If it's Merry Christmas, great. Whatever you can do to help add smiles to other people's faces, do that and feel good about doing that. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
2: I wouldn't stress about it I, th- I think i spent one entire second uh pondering the title of my book uh-huh. of will minimalist christmas offend somebody Uh-oh. because oh. i'm talking about all holidays really especially holidays for october november December, january mm-hmm. and i and i also thought well i don't really talk about uh, christian christmas you know, christianity yes. i don't talk about that in the mm-hmm. book uh-huh. and will that offend somebody and uh-huh. i another 10 seconds thinking about that and you know what I'm just trying to talk about joy and togetherness <laughs> and peace, you know, and, yeah. and finding time to to be present, finding time to be able to give back, and so I'm not going to worry about offending people by using the word Christmas.
1: Plus, like that's what the holiday is called, right? Like it's called Christmas. It would be like if I if it was July and I was like, "Isn't this a beautiful July?" and be like. How dare you? You know July's name from Julius Caesar? Do you have any idea what type of Caesar he was? I can't believe you would sit there and use the word July. <laughs> like, it doesn't... Yeah, um, I, I totally agree. If you're hanging out with someone who's looking to be offended, uh, first off, I would not be around that person as much as as uh, as much as I would prefer to be around other people. But also, that person is going to find something else to get offended by. It's Yeah, so, I, yeah, I totally wouldn't worry about it. Don't stress. We have a question from Kay. How do I appropriately? How do I appropriately let go of well-crafted, handmade gifts without offending the givers? So
0: we, hmm. we've already addressed, addressed gift giving and gift getting, but then there becomes a point when you receive something, and I think it can go three ways either you get immense value from it great you're gonna hold on to that right you feel good about the gift that you got maybe it was a nice bag of coffee and you go through it a bottle of wine a bar of chocolate and you're able to consume it or maybe it's some sort of widget that you and your family get value from that's great and then i think there are two other avenues that we might take one is we got the gift we got some value from it we're no longer getting value from it Mm -hmm. and so now The thing that we once got value from is now clutter. It's turned into junk for us. It served a purpose during a season. That season's over. Now it no longer serves its purpose. Or maybe we were given something and it never suited us. Maybe Mm. it never was appropriate for our lives. Someone had good intentions in giving it to us, but now all of a sudden we've realized I'm not getting much out of this. Mm. Meg, what do we do When we have one of those things, it's no longer serving a purpose in our life. We were given given that gift, but we're gonna feel guilty if we decide to let go of it now.
2: Yes, so part of where that guilt stems from is you know someone spent a lot of money, their hard-earned money on it, Mm. or you think they spent a lot of time searching for this gift, or they spent a lot of time making the gift. Mm. So that's where this guilt is stemming from. Um, The first thing to do if it feels like it could be an appropriate situation is to be honest and say, you know, hi, I've gone through, I'm doing different type of decor or I'm scaling back on my decor and going through things um, or my stuff. If we're talking about gifts in general Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm not going to use this anymore, but I wanted to tell you first and ask you first if you wanted it back yeah. before I give it to you know, ask another friend and give it another life or give it to the thrift shop and let someone else enjoy it and use it cuz it just feels like a waste right now that no one's able to appreciate the beauty of this item or to use this item. Mm. I mean that's selfish to hold on to it and it's in a way. Yeah. So, I would first go to the person and ask them if they would like it back. And you can say that with, I, I don't mean to offend you. I just, we're, we're scaling back on things right now. Yeah. And I wanted to give you the option first. So either they can decide whether it's so precious to them that they can't imagine it going to a thrift shop or to a dumpster. Um, and they can take it back and decide what to do with it. Either mm. it can remain clutter in their house, or maybe they will find appreciation and place for it and use for it. Uh, if not, they can say, they can help give you that permission that you might think you need of, mm. oh, don't worry about it. Yeah, if, if you don't need that anymore, it's 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 nothing. Do what you need to do with it. right And yeah. so that's a, a great thing. But definitely don't let them guilt you. And then there's some things where you can discern, I probably shouldn't let my mother know that I'm just going to quietly release this. Mm. She probably will never notice. Yep. Mm. And if you can feign some sort of ignorance, if she ever does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, of course, you, you don't
0: ever want to lie to, to your family, but right. I think sometimes the best time to have that conversation is if they do notice, but you don't have to preemptively have the conversation right. if, if it was right. some sort of thing that you've... I think with most of these things, once you've gotten rid of it, most people aren't going to notice. If I no, were, went to someone's house and... They didn't have the gift that I got. I wouldn't even think twice. Why you about wearing it. my tie clip that I gave you?
1: <laughs> I am. I'm just not going to show you where. Um, you know, I. Yeah, uh, yeah. I always say, like, you know, when someone gives you a gift, they intend to give to bring you joy in your life, to give you something that's going to make you happier. And if you hold on to something and it's not making you happier, then that is doing the opposite of what they intended to do with that gift. So uh, when you go, I think when you go to someone and you have that conversation of, Hey, I'm thinking about letting this go. Do you want to back or I could find a good home for it? Um, Which is like, I did that with my grandma with a paperweight. She gave me a paperweight. She's like, I know that you, you have a lot of paper, you're a writer. So you have a lot of papers. Like, I don't, you know, like she's imagining that I have stacks of papers all over my house, and and uh, right, yeah. She gave me a paperweight. I'm like,
0: Oma. Um, she literally gave you a paperweight. Yes. I want people to listening to this. <laughs> it was a beautiful paperweight. I want you to think like we use that as a metaphor right. for a
1: useless gift, right? She actually gave you a paperweight. Yeah, carry on. So I'm like, I'm like, Oma. This is beautiful, and it was. It was from Germany. It was a beautiful paperweight. Um, She stashes these little gifts to like give people So like I don't even know how old it was Um, I'm like this is something I'm not going to use I said but what I will do Is I will find this a really really good home If you'd rather me do that Or I can just give it back to you And she was like will you find it a good home And I was like yeah I certainly will She's like okay you go and find it a good home um, but she realized that, like, that paperweight, it was going to actually add more stress into my life than joy. So because she loves me and because she wants me to be happy, she totally supported my decision to to get rid of it. And because you did a good job talking,
0: communicating with her. Right? Yeah. Uh, because it, there there could have been a bunch of different ways where you hurt her feelings mm-hmm. and um, you, you you yourself weren't being deliberate. You know, there there are a bunch of ways where we could have that could have gone that way. You did the opposite. You're very deliberate about the communication that you used, and 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 you didn't do the blaming, shaming, or name. You didn't say, "Hey, what is this? Mm -hmm. What is this crap?" Or, uh, "Grandma, I can't believe you'd get me a paperweight." Right. You may even be thinking that it might be your first thought, Mm -hmm. but it's inappropriate to communicate that way. And and, and so, what you did is is you expressed
1: to her that Mm -hmm. you you knew what she was trying to communicate there. And you know what? It goes back to what I was saying in the minimal episode with anything negative I put on myself and all the positive I put under her. So it was like, you know, I personally don't find, uh, I won't I don't have a use for this paperweight. Um, you're such an amazing Oma. I know that you're being really thoughtful and loving, um, but actually I feel a little bit of you know pressure to keep this and I don't want to have to feel that pressure. I mean, that is, it's the, and yeah, you're right. If I was like, What's your problem? You know I'm a minimalist. <laughs> I can't believe you'd, you'd add this stress to my life. I mean, that would have been a completely different uh, conversation. You,
2: you recognize the value and the beauty that she saw in it. You, mm-hmm. you, you recognize you, you give gratitude, and you mm-hmm. say, "Thank you so much for thinking of me. And yeah. thank you so much for gifting this to me." This is a beautiful object. This is a beautiful and useful. Object, yeah. even as a paperweight, it right. does hold down papers right. for someone, you know. So just recognizing when you express that to somebody,
1: mm-hmm. they
2: see that you appreciated what they appreciated in it, yeah. and so that's a good part of setting it up. Yes, you know. Yeah,
1: totally. Ryan, we have a question from J.B. How do I tactfully explain to my children that there is no Santa Claus, <laughs> and that the elf on a shelf is merely. A lifeless doll. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: unless you're in Piqua apparently <laughs> they might have like a real uh, elf on the shelf,
1: right? Oh my goodness!
0: <laughs> They've hired like a child to sit on the shelf and <laughs> monitor things. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Ryan, let, let me let me just put this out there. Uh, from early uh, from early on, we Bex and I decided that. Uh, we loved the sort of mysticism around Santa Claus, the myth of Santa Claus, the story around Santa Claus. We also decided that we weren't going to uh, tell anything that wasn't
1: the truth to Ella you've, with respect to you've Christmas. You've got to tell the story about when Ella asked you if Santa was real.
0: Yeah, and, and so and she's asked a bunch of times, and I'll explain why in a second. So... <laughs> Uh, it's a great point, Ryan. So uh, Ella has uh, come to us, and we explained to her early on: like there are, this is a great story. It's you know, just like Harry Potter is a story, just like Curious George is a story. Santa mm-hmm. Claus is a really great story that we get to pretend. You know, when when she's watching Wild Kratz, she, she gets to pretend that the Wildcrap brothers are actually putting on these power suits and they have these animal powers or whatever, but she knows they're not real. Right. The same thing is true with Santa Claus. She, we can pretend that there is a fat man breaking into our house once a year and, <laughs> and reverse shoplifting, uh, but uh, it's actually your parents who work hard to give you <laughs> the gifts that you get. Um, now... She's like, yeah, but I think he's real. Yeah. And I'm like, well, wh- why, why do you say that? She was four at the time. She's like, because I saw him at the mall. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Ella. All right. So if I dress up like Peppa Pig, she's like, okay, why would you do that? <laughs> I'm like, and then I walked around as Peppa Pig. Would I be Peppa Pig? She's like, well, no, you'd be dressed up like Peppa Pig i said well but there's a guy at the mall dressed up as santa claus she's like no it was santa claus that was dressed up like santa claus (laughs) and so um i haven't been able
1: to convince her yet oh my gosh she looked at josh and she was like i don't believe you (laughs) and there's something that translates over to adults where there are the way things are and there are the way things we wish they were And even as adults, we go out of our way to ignore the way things are, and we just look at certain things. We're like, yeah, that's a good point, but I don't believe you. No, I want it to be this way. Yeah, exactly.
0: Meg, what's your uh, point of view?
2: So, as I said in the minimal uh, version, I I love... the magic of Santa. Uh I'm scaling back on focusing on the story of it too much. Mm -hmm. I've tried to recraft the story so that Santa only brings four things and then anything else comes from the hardworking parents. Uh Mm -hmm. So that's how I've personally shifted it. Uh I have a, (laughs) and I might declutter this. I'm Probably probably will. But right now, I do own a knockoff Elf on the Shelf that was like $1 at Hobby Lobby uh-huh. that I got years ago when I was still maximalist with my Christmas stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just wrap it around this sort of countdown to Christmas things. I think it was probably supposed to be an advent calendar. I don't do that. I just uh, move this little Santa hat down yeah. as it counts down to 25 because it's part of the anticipation. And mm-hmm. so my little kids can look at that and read have some kind of grasp of how close we are and I like that anticipation mm-hmm. anyway this little fake elf on the shelf is just kind of stuck to it and I've never talked about it and mm. I, I don't plan to ever name it or do anything with it except stick it to the edge of this thing mm. so yeah. that if she goes to school and all the other kids participate in this tradition and they talk about having this little elf then i have a backup <laughs> of, oh yeah we have one of those things it's just you know it just is there yeah you know, it washes you i can decide then what i'm gonna say okay but anyway that's kind of my backup for it mm. but um you know the, the story of santa is less than 200 years old right. which is i think really important yeah. for people to understand because so many people look at it with almost like this like religious Zealous, I don't know. Like it's, it's yeah. like a, a religion in itself is participating in this story, and when you, I have the first chapter talks about how that story was crafted mm. into what it is today, largely by advertising executives. Yes, oh,
1: wow. which is
2: yeah. When you dig into it, it really strips away the magic mm. that you think you have to craft as an adult for mm-hmm. the kids. Yeah. So just kind of loosely have the story there. Read Twas the Night Before Christmas, which is actually what started this whole thing, was that poem, oh. which is kind of crazy. Hmm. Um, but you can you know, you know can read that. You can watch some Christmas movies on Netflix or mm. Amazon Prime. Yeah. But you don't have to turn it into this huge, huge central thing for the mm-hmm. holiday. Right. So there's that. And then when you look at this, uh, let me find the paragraph. Um I think it's Frosty is only 70 years old. Okay. Rudolph is only 50. It's, Mm. I mean, it's so new. And then Elf on the Shelf is only 15 years old. Amazon Prime subscription is only 15 years old. So, I mean, a lot of the stuff that we think is like so necessary and part of this this story that seems very religious in itself and the way we, we participate in it is a brand new marketing move. Right. Like Coca Cola turned him into this kind of weird character Uh, when you look at the old santas that were first drawn by uh, political cartoonists and the very first advertising executives coca-cola i think it's the 20s or the 30s uh got advertising executives to make him fatter more rotund and jolly rosy cheeks and then they created he had sprite boy (laughs) this little green elf that was the first elf sidekick Mm -hmm. which you know later became sprite Mm -hmm. so i mean when you kind of start looking at all of the uh macy's mall was a huge huge part in creating santa the very very first idea of it Mm. um so yeah when you see where this comes from yeah you feel less like you have to tell your kids this story yeah
0: yeah yeah. (laughs) the the reason that I, i i feel compelled to and this isn't me prescribing this to anyone else. Clearly J B is having the same struggle I had early on. But I I feel compelled to tell Ella you know, we we've agreed to not lie to her, basically. And and what I worry about by telling her that Santa Claus exists or whatever is I worry that She's obviously gonna find out, just like I found out and was disappointed. I I don't know what Ryan found out
1: because he probably knew. Actually, you were that—you were that terrible kid. Yeah, dude. You were the worst kid. I thought I, you know, we all think we know everything (laughs) when we're growing up. I believed until I was like thirteen. Oh wow. No, we were. I was in kindergarten and we were like drawing reindeer or something, you know, Rudolph and Santa. And I'm like, you know, Santa isn't real. And like my teacher was like, Ryan, I know that you have your religious beliefs mm-hmm. and I know that you're, because I wasn't even allowed to participate in any, like anytime there was a birthday party in the classroom, like I had to like go to the library and sit by myself because I wasn't allowed to participate in that pagan tradition. <sighs> yeah, anyway, um, so that, you also don't want that to happen. You don't want your kids to feel all high and mighty, like I know something you don't know and yes. so I'm going to sit here and ruin it for everyone else. Um yeah there's a balance for yeah. sure.
2: I just say I don't know. Do what do you think? Mm. I just cuz I get the same question about fairies and mermaids and mm. centaurs yeah. and all the time. And mm. actually last week I um entertained a little story that I'd made up in my mind as a kid that I remembered mm. and I told my almost four year old, I told her, you know, dragonflies are actually fairies. They use Aww. this magic to put on a helmet, like a like a motorcycle helmet, yeah. and then they zip up the suit and they look like dragonflies. Aww. She now <laughs> and I just kind of like said it without really thinking about it. Yeah. And mm. now she's walking around the yard and on our bike rides going, Hey fairies, did you see the fairies mm. they're over there? Aww. Hi fairies, how are you doing today? That's you know so and I'm like good. And, now, now, and that's innocent. Yeah but do, you,
0: but do you worry about that I mean, what I worry about with this whole Santa Claus thing is like she's gonna find out it's uh, Santa Claus isn't real I mean even though I've told her he, he's not real she's still she still believes in Santa she's very much iffy on that right now but yeah <laughs> uh, I mean
1: she's seven yeah, um, she seems so bright <laughs> <laughs> for those of you listening to this Josh just gave me the funniest look <laughs>
0: I don't know if you know this Ryan, but kids are
2: morons. <laughs>
0: so she's gonna find out eventually there's like a few minsa kids right but like outside of them like they that are, is hilarious she can you
2: know, fairies put on motorcycle helmet yeah, right, right.
0: <laughs> uh and, and so here's the thing mm. uh, I, I what i would worry about is like okay they lied to me about this what else have they lied to me about mm. and and that was that's the thing i've worried about from early on so we've just decided hey we're gonna we we can uh and in fact we've used that thing uh, that you i love that question to ask that question it's like well, what do you think mm-hmm. and if they want me to give my answer i will and, I, and i'll do it in a way that's tactful that isn't judging like well no you shouldn't believe in that it's hey it's a fun story to believe in to believe and in it, and it is fun to like believe Any other fiction
1: yeah i love the approach of what do you think have your kids explain it and then you could just really say back to them like it's really fun to believe isn't it like yeah. you don't have to like be there like well you're an idiot <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: the tooth fairy is the other one i've gotten recently um, my daughter really wants to know and so i've done the exact same thing you know i don't know what do you think
1: yeah hmm. mm. uh, recently
0: no. ella told me i think i think mom's the tooth fairy <laughs> i'm like ella she's a big ass tooth fairy <laughs> I wonder if she thinks that... Your mom's 5'11".
1: She's the biggest tooth fairy ever. I wonder if she thinks... she's realizing the tooth fairy isn't real, real, or she thinks that Bex goes around to every single kid and (laughs) (laughs) takes their tooth and gives them money.
0: Yeah, she has some sort of sick fetish (laughs) where she collects children's teeth. (laughs) Oh, God.
2: My mom kept all of them. We found one of
0: Ella's recently because we hit it real quick. (laughs) uh, And like, we forgot it was on top of like in the top of our uh, closet. And I put my hand up there. I'm like, there's a human tooth up here. What the hell? And it took me a while to realize like, oh yeah, that's Ella's too. this is disgusting i quickly yeah got rid sold of it, it on ebay um lynn
1: has a question for us yeah that's crazy how we want to hold on to things so bad yeah. like it's hard to get rid of a tooth i could see where a parent would be like oh but this is their baby tooth. i have a baby book with like a little lock of my hair in it it's got like a bunch of albums or a bunch of photos so it's like a, it's a photo album with like a little lock of my hair when i was a kid We're sick. Oh, yeah, oh my
2: yeah and my mom just gave them all to me she uh, brought me every report card and every midterm report, like just everything, mm. garbage bags <gasps> and brought it to me after I decluttered my house. Oh. It was garbage like,
0: bags are a perfect metaphor for this. Yeah, I so have. I,
2: and But there was my teeth, all of them in a little oh. box and my my first curl oh. cut off, which was now flat because <laughs> it doesn't hold its curl. You know? it's like, <laughs> like mom, I, why did you just drive seven hours to, you to Give me? me
1: this garbage bag. Oh, that's crazy. All right. All right. Um, where are we at, Lynn? Yeah. How do I plug how do I politely decline invitations for holiday parties at work without squandering any social goodwill? All right. Meg, you've done this recently.
0: (laughs) You you, you avoid the holiday parties to see the boats. Yeah. Uh, I I think that's actually, there's something in that. So as you're looking that up, let me just say this. Instead of saying no to the holiday party, it's like you figure out what you're saying yes to. Mm. And you can be in one place at one time and... If the ho- holiday party is optional, which by the way it certainly should be, mm. then instead of saying no, I'm not going to that, saying we already have something planned that day, we're doing something else with that time. What do you think?
2: Oh, well, I was flipping through my book because I just wanted to count how many pages I have. Nine pages dedicated on how to say no. <laughs> oh, I and, love this. Yeah, and That's so cool. um, it starts off, you know, essentially saying say thank you that someone has invited you to something Mm -hmm. and then to not feel like you have to explain yourself because I used to feel like I had to explain myself. But I have nine pages of different ways that you can say no and say thank you, but I can't right now. Mm. And you don't have to explain why. Yes. Even if you can right now, even if you just want to lay on the couch and veg because that's what you feel like today. Right. You don't have to explain that. And I used to feel compelled to say yes to everything uh, to the point where I hit – uh, there's a whole other story in there about hitting inbox overload because I became a yes woman in mm-hmm. my career in publishing. And I said yes to everything. I had literally three events I went to a night. Ah. every. It didn't matter if it was a Monday or, or a Sunday or oh a Wednesday. Wow. And, um, and I ran myself ragged to the point where I couldn't move my neck or back. I had weird Ooh. health issues that no one could solve. Chiropractors uh. couldn't, doctors putting shots in my back, had hives, all these things. I started having panic attacks, hyperventilating, and I realized I was saying yes to everything mm. because I was new in the career. I was 23, 24, and I was you know, winning awards and, and moving up the corporate ladder right. because I kept saying yes to all these opportunities. I, I realized early on that if I said yes, people ask me, do you know how to do this? Can you do this? Um, and I didn't know how to do it, mm. but I would say yes, and yeah. I would Google it and YouTube it and learn. And, and I moved up really quickly that way, but I got into a pattern of saying yes to everything. So mm. that's why I have nine pages on how to say no, because that was very hard for me to learn how to gracefully bow out mm-hmm. and not offend anyone. Um, one of the things with the holidays is to stall and say, I can't right now, but please don't forget me when the chaos of the holidays settle down. Mm-hmm. If if someone's just trying to hang out with you and you're worried that you're going to, maybe it's a new relationship you wanna foster and you're like, if I say no to this play date or this event or this birthday party, mm-hmm. they won't invite me in the future. Right. But if you just say, please do think of me in the future, please ask yeah. me again after the holidays are over. As long as it's you know.
0: genuine. I, I found that yeah, yeah. So, 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 when I first was transitioning from saying yes to everything, and by the way, I think there's a time in life where saying yes to a lot of things makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I will often say, say yes until you have to say no and then say no until you have to say yes. Mm. I guess
2: that's what I did, uh, yeah. go down that path. And, <laughs>
0: and I think what's, what's, what's important about this is if you're saying no, don't say future yes. Don't obligate your future self to a yes and you don't just punt it to three months later if you actually want to say no right now if it's legitimate like hey you know what the season of my life is 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 too full currently my plate is full but i would love to have coffee with you in january then yeah, january. great so, so so be it but if you're just gonna say well i'm gonna say yes for january and then i'll find a way to get out of that later uh, it's It's creating some additional stress that you don't want to have to deal with. yeah,
1: we got time for one more question here let's uh, let's talk to Betty. What are the best minimalist practices to ensure a stress free and enjoyable holiday season? You just do what Mar and I do. You just don't have it. <laughs> you just you just buy humbug the whole thing. yeah I, well, the, the <laughs> stress, I'm kidding I'm kidding
0: uh, here's the thing. So <laughs> the stress free question, I think maybe you're setting yourself up for failure. If you're saying, I want this to be stress free, that means no
1: stress. Mm. Well, life is stressful, is stressful. And someone told me once it was some of the best advice I ever got. I was complaining about a bunch of stress. And this guy said, hey, Ryan, have there's a healthy amount of stress you should have in your life. And uh, it changed my whole perspective on, on stress. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and so what is the what what is that level in your life It's going to be different for each of us. If you're breaking out in hives and and you need cortisone shots in your back, it's probably too much stress. It's fact it's it's way beyond too much stress. Yeah. But you're going to have some stress. There's something's going to happen. You're going to be running late to a function. You're going to oh, we forgot to wrap the gift. What? A, there's going to be some level of stress and some of those are that's part of normal everyday living. And so I, I I think I would set a better expectation. Wouldn't you, Meg, where it's like, how can I have a less stressful yes, definitely season? Less
2: stressful. And that's really the crux of the book here. I talk about several things to prepare in advance. And I think that's what she's asking. So number one, I talk about decluttering four areas of your house, not doing a massive overhaul. You're not decluttering your entire house. But I talk about first, if you have kids, the kids' room is number one. If you mm. can't get to any of the others, go ahead and do a sweep. Find the obvious trash and the broken toys and the mismatched um, sets that no longer have all their pieces and start making some room because part of my overwhelm was where am i going to put all this stuff i could see it marching in against my will Mm -hmm. uh from aunts and grandmothers and even myself in a sense you know i i was participating in that but then it was like god where am i going to put all of this So, make that room first of all. Mm -hmm. And then you'll feel like, okay, I know that there's a shelf on that bookshelf for these things, or there's some room in the toy box for these items. Yeah. Then winter wardrobe, go ahead, save yourself the pain of trying on 20 holiday cocktail dresses for that one dinner party, Mm. holiday work party you have to go to. See what makes you happy, what feels good, what still fits, what's out of style, and just go ahead and set yourself up for success in your closet for just the winter stuff, just the leggings and the scarves and the boots and holiday dress and that kind of stuff. And for the kids too, I go ahead, this sounds really 1950s, I mean, but I'll just go ahead. My husband only has one button down shirt, Mm -hmm. just make sure it's ironed Mm -hmm. so that the night of the party, it's more streamlined. I'm not looking for the tiny lace socks for my kids Mm. and I'm not trying to iron the shirt at the last minute. So kind of thinking ahead of how you can make the whole night of that holiday party a more enjoyable event, Just go ahead and deal with that the 1st of December or in November. And then the next thing would be your kitchen. Uh So for me, I go into full sweets. I love baking. I don't like to cook or bake the rest of the year, Mm -hmm. but I love Christmas cookies and decorating and making that kind of uh, decorating cookies and things like that with Mm -hmm. my kids. So I go in and kind of declutter the baking Part of my pantry and Mm. make sure take inventory do i have brown sugar do i have cinnamon nutmeg the kind of things that almost every recipe in the holiday baking world requires Mm -hmm. sprinkles and icing for the kids that Mm. kind of stuff and then put that more up front because the rest of the year i don't use it so it's like shoved way in the back So, I also like to do wassail in a crock pot uh, if I'm hosting a party. And I like to do hot cocoa. So, I have a little tiny hot cocoa station that kind of takes over what used to be the coffee station in okay. the kitchen. So, there's just kind of what's the intention of this room during the holidays? Yeah. And then the living room is the last one because most people put a Christmas tree in mm-hmm. and it doesn't take usually as much decluttering, but some foresight of, okay, well, I'm gonna have to move that armchair if I'm gonna put the Christmas tree there. Mm-hmm. Where's that going to go now? Mm-hmm. A different room, different set, si- you know? Yeah. So just some foresight of, okay, well, we like to play puzzles. We like to do puzzles. So I'm gonna have a dedicated card table for that and that's gonna be our thing. Or we like to do movie marathons and watch Christmas movies or read Christmas books. So I'm going to have an armchair with my 12 Christmas books all ready to go for the season. So just some intentionality up front with making the rest of the holidays simpler. Mm. And then the last thing I want to say, there's a whole chapter on preparing your calendar. Mm. And I call them hard events and loose events. Mm. And so hard events are the... I like to go to the Nutcracker Ballet every year. That's a tradition that I love to do with my kids. I did it as a kid myself. So that's a hard event. There's a fixed mm-hmm. date. They only do it two, two Saturdays out of the month of December. Mm-hmm. So I have to pick my thing and put that on the calendar. The holiday party was always a hard event. You know, that goes on there. Mm-hmm. We have a friend who hosts a party. That's a hard event. That goes on there. Then the loose events, I kind of look at the rest of the calendar and say, all right, Here's my five traditions that we like to do. We like to go cut down the tree. We like to make uh, sugar cookies with designs and use the cookie cutters. We like to, you know, so I have like my five things. Mm -hmm. And then I can loosely pencil them in, you know, literally in pencil. I'm still a paper and pencil person. Mm -hmm. And they're not set in stone. Mm -hmm. So if that Saturday comes up that I was planning on doing gingerbread men Mm -hmm. and the vibe in the house is just not gelling with that, it doesn't matter. I yeah. can screw it to another date. But overall, I'm not cramming everything into the last week at the last minute going, oh, crap. We didn't do any of our traditions because yeah. I've been so overwhelmed with mm. my work. So just some foresight. Just sit down, you know, December 1st and kind of glance at the calendar and loosely pencil in some things around the hard events. Yeah. You know, so just <laughs> I, preparation.
1: I, I, I love that. Yeah, it's, it's plan ahead. Do a little upfront work. Set some boundaries. And uh, yeah, uh, it's funny because doing the advanced stuff to me sounds a little stressful, but again, it's okay to have a little bit of stress, just, you know, planning that the stress of planning, uh, might be there, but if you... Uh, loaded up front, then you're avoiding that major stress exactly. as things come along. And
2: budgeting, too. That's part of, you know, yeah. what, what is the budget for the gifts? Great the budgets point. for traveling seven hours to grandma's house. And yeah. and so the budget for traditions of like, are we going to pay $60 per ticket for the Nutcracker this year? Yeah. Because, you know, if if you can set that up front, then you're not going to have guilt and stress around the finances for the rest of the month too, which used to be a huge source of stress for me. Yeah, Yeah.
0: for sure. And and so budgeting your finances, also budgeting your time appropriately, what I'm hearing here, but ultimately what I'm hearing is simplify, simplify, simplify wherever you can. Whenever we add a layer of complexity, we add a layer of stress, right? And so as we are complexing our lives, interweaving all of these activities and things and money and, and, and all of these activities around the holidays, what we're doing is we're often adding unnecessary stress and that's what we're trying to combat. It's not combating stress, it's combating unnecessary stress, yeah, right? Point. And to the second part of Betty's question, I would just actually rephrase the question here. So she said, what are the best minimalist practices to ensure a stress free and enjoyable holiday season? Maybe I would just say, what are the best practices to ensure an enjoyable holiday season? season. Mm. And that does have something to do with reducing the amount of stress, but mm. everything you we've talked about today with traditions and experiences and presence being the best present and intentionality and being deliberate with gift giving and gift getting and experiences, that is how you ensure an enjoyable holiday season. Yeah. Meg, I want to thank
1: you for being here today. I want to yes. encourage folks to thank check you out better. your book. Man, yeah. Just all the practical things that you talk about, it's just it's, it's really awesome for people to have um, some type of direction or like all the recipes that you share, there are ingredients there that so many people can take from just you know, the nine pages of how to say no in your book is like worth buying the book on its own to have examples on how to say no. But yeah, thanks so much for all the practical advice.
0: Yes, Thank indeed. The, the book is called Have Yourself a Minimalist Christmas. It's, a oh, here, I'll take this one for if you're watching this on video. <laughs> and uh, it's available as an audio book as well. You can find MegNordman.com uh, and MegNordman on all the social media channels as Two well. Ends on the end. Yes, yeah, and you can see that spelled in, in the show notes as well. Meg, thank you so much.
2: Thank you for having me. This has been great. It's been awesome.
0: (laughs) You're awesome. (laughs) All right, y'all. Have yourself a minimalist Christmas. (laughs) Thank you so much, patrons. All right.
2: Love people. Use things. We'll see you next time.
1: The (laughs) minimalists.